Hey guys, welcome into episode three of the Daily Dose. I'm your host, Sean Redden. As always, I'm joined with Nick D'Amelio behind the scenes producing for me. Always thankful for that. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, and I appreciate you guys rocking with me. Let's get right into it. Jerry Jones. Is it is it so hard for Jerry Jones to go a week without saying something asinine? As everybody knows, the Broncos last week had to start wide receiver practice squad. Wide receiver Kendall Hinton at quarterback. Mind you, he hasn't played quarterback since his junior year at Wake Forest, and he only played quarterback sparingly at his time at Wake Forest. He barely played any quarterback and wasn't that successful at all. He actually left football, was working as a sales rep, and got the call for the tryout for the Broncos. And then just a few weeks later, finds out the day before the game that he not only is getting called up to the active roster, but he now has to play quarterback, something he hasn't played in a couple years. And without zero practice time or practice reps. The only practice reps he got is what he got at the stadium during warm-ups the day of the game. But Jerry Jones went on his weekly radio show and was asked about the Broncos having to deal with a situation like that because all their quarterbacks were either positive for COVID or were a high-risk or close-contact situation. And Jerry Jones said, I don't really have any sympathy for the Broncos because what they had to do this weekend is a lot like what we had to do when we started Ben DiNucci versus the Eagles. Jerry Jones, one, you drafted Ben DiNucci. Kendall Hinton was an undrafted free agent. Number two, Kendall Hinton was a wide receiver. Ben DiNucci has been a quarterback with you the entire season. Number three, Kendall Hinton and the Broncos found out he was playing quarterback the day before the game. No practice reps. Jerry Jones, your team decided you were starting Ben DiNucci at the beginning of the week. He practiced with the first team the entire week. And lastly, He's an actual fucking quarterback. Situations are not even closely related. And Jerry, don't get me wrong. Like, I like listening to Jerry Jones talk because it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. He's going to say some dumb shit sometimes. Like a couple years ago. And it's not just, it's just, it's the Jones family in general. A couple years ago, I believe it was last year, Stephen Jones was talking about having Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith as their linebackers. And he said, I love it because defenses have no idea which one we can put at the mic or we can put at the will because they're so versatile. And I had to scratch my head. The, the mic and the will has nothing to do with where you line them up. It has to do with the formation. It's, it's not like, oh, hey, Jalen, you're going to be our will linebacker this week. Or Leighton Vander Esch, you're going to be our mic linebacker this week. You know who decides who the mic and will is? The other team's quarterback. Like, you can't go on a radio station and act like you know football and be like, oh, we have two we have two linebackers that we can play anywhere. They can either be the Mike or the Will. Well, guess what, Steven and Jerry? One of you could be the Jack and one of you could be the ass because you both say dumb shit all the time. Stop going on radio shows. But now I get why Skip Bayless is a Cowboys fan because he's just like them. 
Nick, do you have anything to say on the subject? Just Jerry Jones, man. He just says whatever he wants. And, and same with Steven. He, he's learning from his dad, which is unfortunate um, because they, they need some voice of, you know, of reason there. But Jerry Jones, man, how can you even say that? Like where – like it's not even remotely similar. Like you, this is a seventh-round draft pick, somebody that your team probably scouted to draft because they thought, right. hey, this and kid I is the project. Benvenuti was actually pretty good at James Madison. I watched a couple games because they don't – I mean, James Madison's not really on TV. I know that they played Wake Fall, I mean, Wake West Virginia during the regular season and then uh, lost a tight 13-10 to 10 game. They almost pulled off the upset versus the Mountaineers. Benvenuti's senior season there, and then I watched him a couple times in the playoffs, and then, of course, I watched him in the Division Two or 1AA National Championship we're up to Trey Lance and the North Dakota State Bison. Um, but that was a snowy game. But Benzinucci was fighting. He was making passes. And I think his size is a little little too low for the uh, NFL. I'm not just height. I'm not, I'll never knock a quarterback for his height. If you could play, you could play. But he was little. Like, he was skinny. And um, I didn't, he definitely had to put on weight. But I think Benzinucci could be a project in the NFL. Like, he, he could have a long career as a backup. But – Ben DiNucci was a pretty solid college quarterback. Kendall Hinton wasn't. He was switched to wide receiver. Yeah, Kendall Hinton was nine for eleven at uh, Vanderbilt, I believe. Uh, if yeah, I remember for it correctly. His career. For his career, so yeah, that is that sounds uh, like a game stat. Yeah, that is not good. So, and Ben DiNucci uh, owns every single record at James Madison, uh, yeah, quarterback so he's wise. He's a very good quarterback yeah. in college. He's actually. He, um, and he started his career at Pitt. Yep, in the state of Pennsylvania for high school, at least within the last – I don't know if it's changed within the last two years. But in uh, in 2018, Ben DiNucci still held every passing record for a quarterback in the state of Pennsylvania. So the kid's not a joke. But like you said, he needs some time. He could he could end up being, you know, the next Chad Henney. Backup quarter, right. quarterback shit, journeyman. Shit. I hope if he's a backup quarterback, he's for his sake. I hope he's Chase Daniel. There that, you go. That got paid all the time. That guy got paid. You call <laughs> you call uh, Tyron Matthew the honey badger. Chase Daniel the money badger. That guy been getting money and robbing teams for his whole career. But I ain't gonna knock the hustle. Good for Chase Daniel. But while we're while we're on the subject of asinine comments, if. The Broncos game this week with Hinton starting. Mind you, we just said Hinton played quarterback at a Division One program, the ACC, at Wake Forest. Went 9 for 11, so I guess you could say he had some success. Um, Wake Forest, not known for being a very good football program, but was an also state champion quarterback in high school before going to Wake Forest and was one of the best quarterbacks in his state. Then went to college, didn't really take off like they probably imagined, so they switched him to wide receiver. But that dude looked like he never touched a football in his life when they put him at quarterback in the NFL. So for anybody out there who is like, I think I could complete a pass, or I think I could score a touchdown, or I could make that tackle, or I could do this, and I could do that. Shut the fuck up. You just had, I mean, at one point in time, Kendall Hitt was probably the best player in his state. Definitely the best player on his team. Went to a D1 school. And even he could barely complete a pass in the NFL. 
So I just want to put that out there for people that are like, and I actually know a guy in the Philly media in Elliott Shore Parks who said that I'm pretty sure I could score a touchdown in the NFL. And he said he knows for a fact he could hit a home run in the MLB. That's another guy, man. That's another guy who just says whatever's on his mind with no repercussions. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you realize the hardest thing to do in all of sports, right? Is to hit even just I would be willing to put all the money I made this year on that Elliott Shore Parks doesn't even hit a ball fair off of an MLB pitcher. And we could even give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll give him Alex Morgan or Vince Velasquez to hit off. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. I know you've had your past troubles with uh, Adam Morgan. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, that was was a long time ago. I called him a clown on Twitter, and his wife called me out. His wife put you in timeout. Yo, I didn't even respond. I was like, hey, she got me on that. Tell your husband to pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) And he did. He played all right that, like, right after. He actually turned into an okay reliever, but I still – my gut wrenches a little bit every time I see him trot out from the bullpen. But <laughs> I also said I would throw in Vince Velasquez out there. And I don't, Nick, I don't know if you saw this news earlier today, but the Phillies have bringing back Vinny V for another season. I hope it's in the bullpen. I can only pray. I was, I, pray. I was, I was hearing earlier today that the Phillies news was that they're bringing back Vince Velasquez for a, the 2020, 2021 season. And in the bullpen, I, we, as we know, the Phillies had the worst bullpen statistically in MLB history. Not just in the MLB this year, in MLB history last year. And you know what they said? We are banking on Sir Anthony Dominguez to be healthy next season. And that's going to really help our bullpen. While I agree, Sir Anthony would be a huge addition back to this Phillies bullpen. One guy ain't going to make up. He can't pitch the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth. You're going to need a couple more guys. And they're sitting on their hands. You just let uh, Trevor May, who was very good for the Twins the past few seasons, he just signed with the Mets on a deal that I believe was less than $15 million. He went to the Mets. You, Trevor Bauer is out there as a starting pitcher. Haven't heard any rumblings that the Phillies are even interested we won't re-sign the best catcher in baseball, JT Real Muta. And in my opinion, that's a move you kind of have to make because you traded for him and you gave up what looks like a future Cy Young winner in Sixto Sanchez. He's going to be a 20-game winner. He's going to have a bunch of strikeouts every year, and he looks like a bona fide ace for the Miami Marlins this year in his rookie season. So you basically traded away that Sixto Sanchez for two seasons of JT Real Muta. And then, you're gonna, and then you're going to double down and tell me that you're banking on Sir Anthony Dominguez and you're bringing back Vince Velasquez. Holy shit, Phillies. What what time do we start on Broad Street? Sixto Sanchez actually has, I believe, the, um, the potential to be one of the best pitchers in baseball for the next few years. I mean, he was on a... He's he was only, on a, what, 21? 21. He was on a very underfunded Miami Marlins team and was still had uh, an incredible ERA for a kid who just got called up and the Phillies knew what he was going to be. And, 
you know, you have to give away good to get good to get, you know, to get a, a, the greatest catcher in baseball. And now you're going to use COVID uh, and not having fans in the stadium as a reason not to resign them when it's been publicly documented that the Philadelphia Phillies fan attendance the whole season counts for 8% of what they make a year. Oh, yeah. The owner came out and said that they lost around $2 billion. When then it came out later in the day, it was like um, the number is actually closer to $145 million. Now, yep. mind you, I'm not – if I lost $145 million, I'd be kind of upset. But knowing if I put a good product together for the next season, I'm going to make all that back plus some. Like if you sign Trevor Bauer, you're going to make that $140 million back in jersey sales by the end of the month. Yep. Without a doubt, and I know that's what happened with Bryce Harper. You think you think the Phillies lost any money of that of that three hundred thirty million they gave Bryce Harper? They made that shit back before the season started. I stood in line for an hour. They sold out of jerseys. I had to get a random jersey that just said Phillies on the front. Like it was an actual jersey, like stitched and all that, but it had no name on the back. I had to stand in line for an hour for them to custom stitch the number three and Harper on the back of the Jersey. And guess what? I wasn't the only one. Yeah. After all the regular jerseys had already sold out. They actually ended up running out of the letter R. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Because they made so many Harper jerseys that day. They had to stop. They, they made it Harper on the back without the letters R left the spots there. And people actually came back uh, a week later when they got the letter R in. To finish the journey. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're going to make all that money back. And Bryce Harper, honestly, I I said this to somebody the other day. I was like, if I'm Bryce Harper, like John Middleton straight lied to my face. And he lied to our faces. First of all, nobody asked him to come out and say, like, what their plans were. Nobody asked for that. All we asked for is, hey, try to be competitive. We want to see winning baseball. We all were spoiled for that 2008 to 2011 run. Um, when we were in the playoffs every year, we thought we were a World Series contender every year. We all got spoiled, and we got used to that. So we were trying to get back to that type of situation here with the Phillies organization. But nobody asked John Middleton to come out and make a statement. But he did it on his own and said, we're going to spend stupid money. Well, basically, you gave Bryce Harper a contract and said, fuck, we're broke. Like... What happened to the stupid money? You didn't sign anybody to help help a bullpen that was depleted. But I digress. I feel like I've already given the Phillies too much attention right now. It ain't baseball season. We'll worry about that in February. Fuck it. Let the whole team go. Hey, we traded J.P. Crawford. We traded J.P. Crawford for Gene Segura. Hey, J.P. Crawford isn't, isn't some 23-year-old, 24-year-old shortstop who just won a fucking gold glove or nothing. But, hey, we'll let Gene Segura go, too. Fuck it. Trade Sixto Sanchez for JT Romuto. We don't need JT. Fuck it. I don't know. I'm lost. I But I'm getting to my point where they lied they to Bryce Harper. If shit don't change, if they don't make any moves this offseason, if I'm Bryce Harper and I would have no qualms with him, I would request a fucking trade. Like, Absolutely. I turned down the Dodgers. I turned down the Giants. I turned down wherever. And he could have went to any team, the Yankees, whatever he wanted to go to. He turned it down to be in Philly. And you're not even trying to put a contending team around him. 
So if Bryce Harper if it comes out where Bryce Harper told the Phillies he would like to be traded, I'd be like, salute to you, Bryce. Fuck John Middleton. They lied to him. They flat out lied to him. Exactly. Lied it's to him, lied to us. Bottom stupid, line. Stupid money. But, hey, you know when billionaires lose $145 million, they're broke. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> about it. It's not like they own the lucrative business again next year where fans will most likely be allowed into the games. But, hey, you know what? They're broke. I feel sorry for them. We should start a GoFundMe. There you go. But, uh, but moving on, I don't know if you guys listened to episode one. I Hopefully you did at a Daily Dose. But I went on a epic rant in my opinion it was epic and i even did a snoop dog impression it wasn't great but it is what it is i gave it my best shot i said i need a snoop dog sports streaming service i need him to be announcing games every week i'll be tuned in i'll pay for the subscription call it snoop flicks or something or i said hulu has live sports why don't we just change that to hulu has live sports with snoop dog like, you go on Hulu, and you can watch one of the games with Snoop Dogg as the play-by-play guy. Sign me the hell up. You couldn't get my money fast enough if that came out. But it comes out today that Snoop Dogg is starting his own professional boxing league. Not entirely sure how it's going to work, but I'm hoping this means he is going to be announcing the fights. And mind you, I'm not really that interested in a professional boxing league. Because I'm when it comes to combat sports, like I watch a Mayweather fight, or I watch like one of the big time heavyweights like Wilder and Fury, but I'm not gonna sit down and watch like a random boxing match. I'm more like into the UFC, and even then, I really only watch when it's like one of the big names. But I will be tuned in to every event if you tell me Snoop Dogg is the announcer, and then if he is, I don't want to take credit for this. But I do believe in speaking things into existence and putting it out in the universe so it could prosper. So shout out to Snoop for starting this two days after I said I needed it. And hopefully he will be announcing. That would just totally fuck everything else that happened in 2020. My year has been made. That's all I want for Christmas. Put little Snoop Dogg under my tree. That's it. I want That's all I want. Snoop Dogg announcing stuff. But to something that made me ecstatic to now something that has me super disappointed all year. And I might be the only person in the world who was looking forward to this football game. But Liberty versus Coastal Carolina, I had it circled as soon as college football schedule came out and was like, this is going to be my favorite game of the season to watch. Liberty is both, if you listen to the Green Zone, Liberty and Coastal Carolina mainly Liberty because they play a lot of the bigger schools. Coast Carolina only played a couple, but Liberty has played three or four big time schools and we've cashed in on them every game when they played. If you listen to the green zone, Liberty and Coast Carolina have made us some money this season when I give out my college football picks. But nonetheless, they were playing each other this week for the big South championship. Essentially Liberty was coming in with one loss. Coastal Carolina is undefeated, but Liberty's one loss was to NC state an ACC school, um, but they covered that game for us. They were plus 11. They only lost by two, and um, they had that game won. They should have won the game, but I was so excited to see Liberty versus Coastal Carolina this weekend, but it comes out earlier today. Um, I don't know if it came out yesterday. I didn't hear about it until today. Not only does Liberty's quarterback have COVID, 
but multiple starters on the defense, including all of the coaches. The All of the defensive coaches have not been allowed at practice all week because of COVID. And head coach Hugh Freeze for Liberty is supposed to make a decision tomorrow on whether the game is going to be played or not. But even if it is, it's not the same. Like Liberty don't even have their quarterback. And I was this matchup I was excited to see because the quarterback for Coast Carolina and the quarterback for Liberty both have been absolutely balling this year. I was one of like McCall for Coast Carolina does it throwing and uh, Willis for Liberty does it running. And I was super excited to watch this these two teams battle. And I never get excited over small ass schools. Like it's more like it's Alabama LSU week. I was more concerned with Coast Carolina and Liberty. But the only caveat is if Liberty cannot play this game, Coastal Carolina will host BYU, who is also undefeated, and this would be a huge win for either team. I don't think either team realistically has a chance to get into the college football playoff, but when it comes to being in a New York uh, New Year Six Bowl, this win could go a long way. If Coastal Carolina wins, it's going to catapult them up if they beat this BYU team, and then BYU might not get as much credit because it is Coastal Carolina on paper, but I think Coastal Carolina is a very good team, and I would be interested to see that matchup as well. It doesn't have the same hype for me because it wouldn't be as much on the line as a Liberty-Coastal Carolina game because they're playing for the conference title, but I would be very intrigued with a BYU-Coastal Carolina matchup. That game would still get my attention. But while we're on the subject of college football playoffs, This is going to be a shit show at the end of the year. Notre Dame and Clemson right now are both in the college football playoff top four rankings. Notre Dame played Clemson earlier in the year without Trevor Lawrence and without four starters on defense. Notre Dame beat them in overtime and got a lot of credit for it. In my opinion, they shouldn't have. You basically beat Clemson's backup, and if you're telling me you can beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, and you, you definitely lose a lot of credit to me. If Trevor Lawrence touchdown, Jesus isn't on the field. But they're going to play again in the ACC championship game, and I expect Clemson to roll them by double digits. And if that happens, in my opinion, all the credit Notre Dame got for the first win over Clemson totally goes out the window. Because if you beat a team with a bunch of backups, and then they absolutely demolish you when they have their starters, you don't get credit for beating them with the backups. That win totally goes out the window. And then I think Notre Dame is out of the playoffs. Or do you keep them in? Maybe the committee gives them more credit than I do. But that's a decision they're going to have to make. And then you move to Florida, right on the outskirts of the playoffs. They're most likely going to play Alabama in the SEC championship game. If they keep it close with Alabama, with their only other loss being Texas A&M, who is right there at number five. Just Florida gets a slide into Notre Dame's spot when they lose to Clemson. Or just Texas A&M gets a slide into that spot because they get credit because they beat Florida 41-38 to earlier in this year. But then Texas A&M has really struggled for most of the season against lackluster opponents, but they did show up and beat Florida. I will give them that credit. But they're going to have to decide between them two teams. But then you have another team that's in the outskirts of Cincinnati. In my opinion, they should be the fourth team in the college football playoff if Notre Dame loses to Clemson. 
Cincinnati has just done nothing all year but beat the piss out of everybody they've played. I think that is a team that legitly could go in and beat an Ohio State team this year. With how bad Ohio State secondary is this year and the way Ritter's playing for Cincinnati, this is a season where Cincinnati, I think, could actually legitly beat a team like Cincinnati, I mean, like Ohio State. And I would probably be willing to bet them, because it's better probably be around 10, maybe a little higher versus Notre Dame. I would be willing to bet Cincinnati plus the points would as and as a live underdog versus a team like Notre Dame. But I think it's all for naught, because at the end of the day, your, your national championship game is going to be Alabama versus Clemson. No other team is going to be able to beat them. Alabama's offense with Mac Jones is just too good, and their defense has actually really stepped up in a season where everybody expected their defense to fall off a little bit. And then Clemson's the same thing. Like Trevor Lawrence is just on a mission. Travis Etienne, four, four went the NFL and came back because they have unfinished business. He's on a roll. He's the best running back in the country. He should be the first running back taken in the NFL draft next year. And them two are just on a collision course to meet in the national championship game. But then you get the other team right now, Ohio State, who I just said I think would lose to Cincinnati if they played them. They've struggled. They've been very unimpressive so far this year. Penn State is one in five. They almost, not almost, because I guess they technically were never like in it to win it, but that score was very close the entire game versus Penn State, Ohio State. And then Ohio State pulled away a little bit at the end and did get the cover by a couple points. My dumbass bet Penn State plus 11 and a half in that game. But I just thought it was too much. And I was almost there. If, if Penn State had half a quarterback instead of Clifford the Big Red Dog, they probably cover that number. But then you move on to Rutgers, another game where I don't know if the playoff committee takes into account betting, but Notre Dame did not cover the spread versus Rutgers when they played them. And that's a school you predominantly expect Ohio State to, no matter what it is, you expect them to cover that number and absolutely demolish a school like Rutgers. Then we move on to Indiana, who was having a pretty good season, but they barely beat Penn State. They pulled out a couple more wins. Rutgers took them straight down to the wire. Um, and Rutgers got a flea flicker called back that would have made it a one-possession game um, when it was all said and done, but it got called back. And I'm not entirely sure if the one pass is backwards. I think the refs kind of jobbed them a little bit. But Ohio State only beat Indiana by a touchdown. And their secondary is absolute dog shit. Sean Wade is supposed to be one of the best corners in the country this year. He got turned into, I'm totally blanking on his name right now, the receiver from Penn State, but he turned him into his son when they played with back-to-back one-handed catches, both over Wade, and one was a touchdown. Then he's been getting torched by, like I said, Indiana put up 35 points versus them. That Indiana was moving the ball on this Ohio State secondary, and I don't think they could stop. Like I said, I think they would lose to Cincinnati, and I don't think they would stand a chance against Clemson, Alabama, or even Notre Dame. Same thing with Florida. Like, they're not stopping trash. Like, Florida's going to score whatever they want. They might be able to beat Texas A&M because Kellen Mond is fucking terrible. That's Texas A&M's quarterback. He's just a guy who's been the starter. I feel like he's been there. He's been at Texas A&M for 10 years, I feel like. But he hasn't gotten better every any, any year. He's like, oh, this is his breakout season. This is his breakout season. No, guess what? He never breaks out. Maybe it's just... 
It is who he is, but I don't think Penn State, I mean, but I digress. If Ohio State remains undefeated, they're probably going to get into the college playoff because of their namesake and because of where they started this year in the polls. But there is a special special circumstances here, which is where I said this is going to be a shit show. Like if Clemson beats Notre Dame, what do you do? What do you do? Does, does Notre Dame not make the playoff? If Alabama blows out Florida or they keep it close, like what do you do? Does Florida get credit? Does Alabama get credit? Or what? Does Cincinnati get to move up? Does a team like BYU, if they beat Coastal, if they play, do they get to move up? Does Coastal move up if they beat BYU? But then Ohio State is now 4-0 and on the season. They already had a game postponed because of COVID. Now Michigan is their one, like, big game left, even though Michigan sucks. But now Michigan game this week is in jeopardy because Michigan has a COVID case. So Ohio State is scheduled to play Michigan State this week and then Michigan to follow and then the Big Ten championship. But the Big Ten's made a set of rules this year to where if you don't reach a certain amount of games, you will not qualify for the Big Ten championship. So if uh, Ohio State misses one of these next two games. They're probably going to play Saturday versus Michigan State. There's no, there's no real concerns there, COVID-wise. But the game next week, Michigan has a COVID situation going on, and their game this week is in jeopardy. If that's still going on next week, when they're supposed to play Ohio State, and that game gets canceled, can you honestly look a team like Cincinnati, who's undefeated and is going to have to play Tulsa, a top 25 team right now this year? twice in the next three weeks, once in the regular season, and then once again in the American Conference Championship game, can you look them in the eye as an undefeated team and be like, sorry, you're not in the playoffs? Can you look Florida in the eyes and be like, sorry, you're not in the playoffs? Can you look Texas A&M in the eyes and be like, sorry, you're not in the playoffs? And then I could just go down the list. If Coastal or BYU finishes undefeated, how do you look one of them two teams in the eyes? And then tell them, that a 5-0 and Ohio State team who couldn't even qualify for their conference championship game is in the playoffs over one of you guys. I just think that this if the MLB extended the amount of playoff teams this year, the NFL extended the amount of playoff teams this year, um, the NBA still kept it the same, but they let half the fucking league in anyway. And this is the perfect season for the college football to expand to an 18 playoff. I think this is the perfect time to expand to an 18 playoff. You, if you want, I think personally, I think it should be every year just because they have bullshit bowls where a four and a five and five team is playing a six and four team in the fucking Pornhub live, like big titty bowl or some shit like that. Like there's not like set in the Bahamas. Like nobody's watching that. Nobody's watching that. Like, come on, turn that bowl. The, Tell the five and five team and six and four team you didn't qualify. You're not good enough. Nobody cares. What are you five and five? You're playing in a bowl. Like what is that? Go home and make a cereal bowl. But turn the bullshit bowl games into the first round of college football games. You're going to generate more revenue because more people are going to watch because the game actually means something. And then you're going to be able to get better games in themselves by making them college football playoff games. I don't know. I think it should be every year, but there's no reason why the college football playoff can't be eight teams this year. 
And like I said, if they keep it at four, come final selection day, there's going to be a few upset teams, and the committee is going to have to answer because they have a shit show coming. But that was my final thoughts for today. Nick, you have any say on the college football playoff? Look, I think um, the one thing me and you agree on, and we have for a very long time, is that Notre Dame makes themselves look a lot better than they actually are. And um, I'm just – I can never buy in with them. But I know you said that early on in your rant. Uh, but Ohio State, you're 100% right. I mean, if they don't make – if they don't make their own championship game because of lack of games played, how are you going to look another team like Cincinnati, BYU, or even Coastal Carolina, Florida, the list goes on and on. How can you look at one of them teams and be like, sorry, they went five and oh, that I can't, I can't see that being a possibility. I can't see the backlash alone. I mean, committee members could get fired from the backlash alone of college fans. Even someone like me, who I don't really have a team. Like I don't, I just, when I watch college football, I find the best game on TV and I watch it. I don't really have a team in college football. I didn't go to one of these colleges. And even I would be like, how, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do this to any of these teams? And Ohio State can't even make their own conference championship. Sure, it's not Ohio State's fault. We understand that most of the games that have been postponed or canceled have been because of the opposite team. And they would, they would 100% 100% Sean, they would use that as an excuse that it wasn't Ohio State. They followed the rules so they shouldn't be punished, and we know that's coming. But, look, if the Michigan game gets canceled, if I'm Ohio State, I'm going to one of these smaller schools and being like, you want $100 million? Come on in. Yeah, Come you on. Play some, we'll, let, let's play the it. Big Ten yeah. has, a, has a strict conference only. You're only allowed right. to play teams in so your you conference. Would, so they would have to hope that another game got canceled. Yeah, and then play the other. Hopefully, the other in. team's not affected. Yeah, but I, right. and it's actually been a theory. I was joking around last week when I was a friend of mine is a Ohio State fan. He's actually from Columbus, but he now lives down here in Tampa. Yeah, and I was actually joking around, like just messing with him last week. And you know, you know it's gonna happen, right? And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Harbaugh's on his way out of Michigan. That team is just totally falling off the tracks." The only hope they have left is beating Ohio State, and that's not going to happen. And he was like, yeah, I know. They suck. And I was like, but here's what they're going to do. Michigan is going to say they have a case of COVID, and then they're going to forf- – not forfeit, but the game's going to have to be canceled versus you guys, and you won't qualify for the Big Ten championship game. And then that probably keeps you out of the college football playoff. And he goes – That'll be the most dirty shit ever, blah, blah. He was, like, so mad. But, like, in my head, I was just messing around with him, like, just to see his reaction. But now I'm sitting here thinking, like, yo, Michigan really has a COVID case going on. Like, this could be a real thing. And I'm just like, damn, I personally would like to see Ohio State. I mean, like, no, I wouldn't. I want Cincinnati to be in over Ohio State because I think Cincinnati beats Ohio State. But the college football playoff committee is going to want Mac Jones Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields to all be in the college football playoff. Right. Just because that's where the money's at. 
And it would be, I think it would be the Ohio State caught a break if the Michigan game does get canceled because Indiana just lost all hope when they lost their quarterbacks when Phoenix Jr. went out with yeah. the, uh, the torn ACL. But if he never got hurt, how are you going to tell me that it shouldn't be Indiana? You know what I mean? If Ohio State doesn't play enough games and can't, how are you going to tell me that Indiana shouldn't be in the conference game? And we're just going to throw Ohio State in there. And exactly. let's, say, let's say Indiana wins and they're looking even better. Now, how are you going to tell them, like, we're going to go with the team that wasn't even in the conference championship and you all won the conference Well, that's what I said. I was like, if, if Ohio State, like, if they were 5 and 0, but still, like, won the Big Ten championship, all right, whatever. The Big Ten champ gets into the playoffs. That's right. how the shit works. Right. That's how the shit works. But if they play, if they don't make the, the Big Ten National I mean, Conference Championship game. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you put them in the college football playoff, but I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But yeah. I just think it's food for thought. Like, that's the biggest. But you know how you avoid this? You expand it to eight teams that nobody gives a shit of Ohio State's in. Because <laughs> they're definitely one of the top eight. So, yeah, I just can't. Team, and then that means teams like BYU, Coastal, Florida, whoever. Are still happy because they still get a chance. Yep. So that's how you avoid any backlash. And to be honest, like anybody out, there's probably maybe like six teams that could, like on a year to year basis, that could be like, we should have got in. But like if you expand it to eight, you just cover all your bases. And I think it's problem solved. And if you're ever going to do it, it's going to be this year, COVID. There's, there's just so. With all the scheduling issues, like you can justify doing it this year. Right. There's just for me, Sean, there's just uh, and, and this is one of the reasons I have trouble getting into college football, um, especially the fact that, well, now things are changing. If you play in California in 2022, you're allowed to get advertisements and get paid. Uh, but I just think there's so much corruption within the NCAA. And oh, absolutely. It's, it's like it's like them narrowing it down to eight teams. They lose more control, I feel like. And then the team that they want to win and the team they want to showcase, if Alabama gets shocked by Florida in the first round, to them, that hurts revenue. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. If Clemson gets shocked in the first round, that loses revenue. And um, so I think with the four, they can legitimately pick the four best teams, and there's no real shock factor if one of those four teams win. So um, – and and if they did ever expand it to eight, they wouldn't do it. They would announce it before the season starts. So I think there's no shot this year. And this would be the year to do it with COVID. Exactly. See, my thing is like if you make it if you make it eight, you should the SEC champion automatically gets in. The ACC champion automatically gets in. The Big Ten champion automatically gets in. The Pac-12 champion automatically gets in. And what conference am I missing? Did I say the Big 12? You did. Big 12, SEC, ACC, Pac-12. Who the fuck is the other Power 5 conference? Big Big 10. Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, ACC. That's your five. Right. Whoever wins them conference automatically gets in. And then you have three at-large bids. Can be anyone. It can be, like in this year, it could be Florida, A&M, and... Coastal, or Cincinnati, A&M, and Oklahoma, or whoever. I think you could have – you should have the power five teams, whoever wins them conferences, gets in, and then you have three at-large bids that can be anybody in the country. Right. I think that would be awesome. And that would keep most college football fans for, like, smaller schools that are still having a very good season tuned in all year. 
because they know right. they can have a shot. Yeah, uh, the Liberties, the Coastal Carolinas, even uh, even BYU. I know BYU's a you know bigger school, but they're still not the school that comes to mind when you think college playoffs. So they still have exactly. a shot. BYU is undefeated right now, probably with one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, is Dak Wilson, and they're ranked eleventh right now in the college football playoff rankings. Like they have no shot at getting in, in my opinion, just it's because of where the committee ranked them. But I'm just like, they should 100 percent be in the top ten. Like what? It's not like they're just playing. They're not. They haven't played anyone really good, but it's also not like they're winning by a touchdown. They're beating everybody by forty every week. So like they're handling their business. They can only play, and especially a year like this, where scheduling, the travel, and all that's restricted. So like they can only play in front of them, and they're handling their business. But same thing with Cincinnati. That's why I want to feel really bad if Cincinnati finishes undefeated and gets two top twenty-five wins over Tulsa. Uh, coming up, and then doesn't even get a sniff for the college football playoff. I think that was something. But whatever. That's the final thoughts of the day. One more thought for after that whole rant. <laughs> we can never expect the NCAA to do the right thing. So no. just don't expect an 18 playoff. Don't expect anybody besides Ohio State to be in the college football playoff, regardless of how many games they play. It just it is the world we're living in. But Thank you guys for tuning in. Nick, as always, appreciate you producing, even though you have one arm at the moment. You guys <laughs> Absolutely. Don't know, we're, not, we're not recording this um, video-wise, so you can't see. Nick is actually producing the whole entire show in an arm sling. So I give yep. him credit for that. He didn't take the injured – he didn't hit the IR. He's still pushing through that injury, and I appreciate him for that. But thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.